my beloved brethren in the assembly, Shabbat Shalom to all of you and praises be once again to our loving Yahuwah Abba for his continuing guidance by giving us and revealing to us his sacred commandments. Now, as we continue today in our studies of the 10, of the 10 or sacred laws of our loving Abba or the 10 commandments, we come to our seventh commandment of loving Yahuwah Abba. Now to all the married brethren, and even those who are planning to be married in the future, please pay close attention to our lesson today. Because the breaking of this command not only breaks the covenant of the bond of marriage, but it transgresses the rights of the other spouse and undermines the institution of marriage by breaking the contract on which it is based. The consequence, my beloved brethren, of breaking this law is heartbreak, devastation to the family, loneliness, feelings of betrayal, and confusion even to one or both of spouses in marriage. Some, if not most marriage, even result in a divorce when the seventh commandment of Yahuwah is broken. So let us now begin with our studies today by asking this, what is the seventh commandment of Yahuwah Abba? Let us begin in our studies by reading the book of Exodus chapter 20. The verse is 14. Do not commit adultery. What is the second commandment, my beloved brethren? Do not commit adultery. Now, we, ha we have heard this word before. Adultery. What is it? What exactly is it, my beloved brethren? So to have a better understanding, here are some definitions of it from the dictionary itself. One is having an intimate relationship with a spouse of another. Being married and engaging in a relationship with someone who is not married. Now, the meaning would be a voluntary sexual intercourse between a married person and a person who is not his or her spouse. And from what we have heard so far, are these the only way to commit adultery? Because one might say, well, I haven't done any of this yet, brother. But according, according to our king, Yahusha, who we all know, explained and taught to us the true meaning and the true purpose of Yahuwah's commandments, what is also considered an adultery. Here, let us continue our lesson by reading the book of Matthew, chapter 19, the verse is 9. And I tell you this, whoever divorces his wife and marries someone else commits adultery unless his wife has been unfaithful. What is also considered adultery, according to our Lord Yahusha, is when you divorce your spouse and marry another. What is the exception? If your spouse has been unfaithful or also have already passed away or has already died. Now, some facts on divorce, my beloved brethren. According, according to the American Psychological Association, about 40 to 50% of marriages in the U.S. alone ends in divorce. That's a lot. And you know what, brethren? There are 10, 10 most common leading causes of divorce in the U.S. today. And you know what the number one is? The number one, yes, marital infidelity. 
extramarital affairs causes hurt feelings, broken trust, and potentially irreconcilable differences. It is no surprise. Then the marital infidelity is a leading cause of divorce. And what did our Lord Yahuwah, our Father in Heaven, says again about divorce? He says, I hate divorce. Written in Malachi chapter 2, verse 1. Now what else? What else is also considered adultery to our king? Here once again in Matthew chapter 5, the verse is 27 down to 28. You have heard that it was said, do not commit adultery. But now I tell you, anyone who looks at a woman and wants to possess her is guilty of committing adultery with her in his heart. What else is considered adultery, brethren? Wanting another woman. Adultery begins in the mind and in the heart, beloved brethren. And what is one way? What is one way of committing adultery that we're not aware of, my beloved brethren? What is one way of committing adultery in the heart that is prevalent during our time? Adultery through social media or internet. Now, how am I say? How and what is an example of this? When you give your emotional, emotional attention to someone over social media and develop an emotional intimacy with that person. We have heard stories of those that knew each other in the past, but then moved on, having their own separate lives, each with their own families. But through social media, what happened? They were able to find each other. And, and one thing leads to another, rekindling their feelings for one another. What did Yahusha, King Yahusha says? Even if the physical part of it is not broken, anyone, anyone who looks at a woman and wants to possess her is guilty of committing adultery. So let us, not all, be, let us all be careful in how we manage ourselves through social media, beloved brethren. We live now in a world where technology is so advanced that it only what takes a click of a mouse in our computer to find someone we want to find, right? You might be sitting in your, in your room or in your desk looking at your phone and say, hmm, I wonder what my girlfriend is now from high school is doing. What does she look like, right? I wonder if the guy I knew back then is still good looking. Be careful, my beloved brethren. Let us avoid temptation. Now, what is Yahuwah's warning against adultery? Here in the book of Hebrews, chapter 13, the verse is four. Give honor to marriage and remain faithful to one another in marriage. God will surely judge people who are immoral and those who commit adultery. What is Yahuwah's warning against adultery? They will be judged by whom? Yahuwah. Alahim. What is God's command? Give honor. Honor to marriage, beloved brethren. How? How can we honor marriage? By remaining faithful to one another. Here is something that we must understand, beloved brethren, about marriage. It is not just a covenant between man and a woman. But what? It is also a covenant with whom? Yahuwah, our loving Father in heaven. 
Those who dishonor marriage dishonors whom? Yahuwah Abba. And we will be judged by him. Remember that, beloved brethren. Now, why? Why will God judge those who dishonor marriage? Here once again, the book of Matthew, chapter 19, the verse is 4 to 6. Yahusha answered, haven't you read the scripture that says that in the beginning, the creator made people male and female? And God said, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and unite with his wife, and the two will become one. So they are no longer two, but one. No human being must separate then what God has joined together. Why will God judge the why will God judge those who dishonor marriage? Because it is God himself who joins husband and wife together to become one. He, my beloved brother, our loving Yahuwah, created marriage. He is the author of it. And what did God decree? He says no human, no one in this earth must separate what he has joined together. What happens when the two are separated? When two are separated, beloved brethren? Great sufferings. Why? Why is adultery such a devastating sin? One might ask. You know why, my beloved brethren? Because not only does it destroy not only yourself, but what? Your family. Those around us are affected, especially our children. It is said, my beloved brethren, that at least 50% of all human misery is caused by the violation of this commandment because it ruins both man and woman. And adversity affects whom? The children. Why? Because of little or no choice, the children ends up being raised by what? By a single parent. And studies out there have shown that children of single parents, beloved brethren, are more prone to depression, drug abuse, and committing a crime. Now, one might say, I'm just going to repent and God will forgive me. Oh, yeah? But keep in mind of this, beloved brethren. Keep in mind of this. There are always consequences of our sins. Who? Who was an example in the Bible, a servant of Yahuwah, who committed Adultery and what were the consequences? Here, in the book of 2 Samuel, chapter 12, the verses 13 to 14. Then David confessed to Nathan, I have sinned against Yahuwah. Nathan replied, But yes, yes, but Yahuwah has forgiven you, and you won't die for this sin. Nevertheless, because you have shown utter contempt for Yahuwah, by doing this, your child will die. Who was an example in the Bible who committed adultery? King David himself. And we all know who King David was, right, beloved brethren? King David who committed adultery with who? Bathsheba. And we heard that story before from our Bible history project. How great was this sin? It was contempt for Yahuwah. But David did not take this sin seriously, beloved brethren. When did he only confess? Only after he was what? Confronted by the prophet 
Nathan, sometimes we take for granted the importance of Yahuwah's commands. And sometimes also our passion can make us forget Yahuwah's commands. And what was a punishment for adultery during the Old Testament, beloved brother? You know what it was? It was capital punishment, death. Usually by what? Stoning. Everyone would gather and stone the man and the woman who committed the adultery. What was Nathan's message to King David? He will not die for Yahuwah has forgiven him. But what was the consequence? Yahuwah said, your child will die. And that is indeed what happened to the child of King David and Bathsheba. What also became the consequence of his adultery. Here again in 2 Samuel chapter 12, the verse is 10 to 12. Now, in every generation, some of your descendants will die a violent death because you have disobeyed me and have taken Uriah's wife. I swear to you that I will cause someone from your own family to bring trouble on you. You sinned in secret, but I will make this happen in broad daylight for all Israel to see. What also became the consequence of King David's adultery? Violent death in every generation. What else? Family, trouble, and strife. What else? Shame. Shame from his sin done in secret. Remember this, brethren. Even just one, one sin can have great consequences that last a lifetime. This is why we must do our very best in protecting ourselves from committing this sin of adultery. Remember, brethren, it is Yahuwah, Yahuwah himself, who created the bond of marriage between man and woman. So it is very sacred to him. As children of God, followers of our King Yahusha, we, we must never break this commandment. We should never break this commandment of Yahuwah so that we may truly give honor and glory to our loving Yahuwah Abba. Our lesson will now be continued by our brother. A happy Sabbath day to everyone. Praises be to our loving Abba that we are able to continue to study all about the Ten Commandments of our Father, Yahuwah Elohim in heaven. So our topic for today is commandment number seven. Uh, do not commit adultery. This is a very important command for us to follow. Bible itself, Yahuwah himself states that whenever there's infidelity, it is a cruel thing because infidelity and adultery, it destroys both the husband and the wife and the family and also others who are affected by adultery. So it is a destroyer of life, a destroyer of joy, a destroyer of faith and relationship, not only within ourselves, but especially with Yahuwah and Yahusha. This is why we must heed the commandment that tells us do not commit adultery. However, as we have studied in our previous lessons, whenever we have the Ten Commandments, we must learn not only to fulfill the letter of the law, 
but also the spirit or deeper purpose of the command that Yahuwah has given us. And so when it says, do not commit adultery, at the same time, there are expectations that Yahuwah has for each one of us. What are they? Instead of committing adultery, what Yahuwah wants from all of us is to be committed, to be devoted in protecting and building our marriage. Have you ever seen a skyscraper building before? It's beautiful, isn't it? Do you know what it takes to build a skyscraper? Lots of planning, lots of hard work, lots of uh, effort, years after year after year. And at last, when all is finished, you can look at it and say, wow, that's a wonderful building indeed. It required the efforts of countless human beings to build it and to erect it. But do you know how long it takes to demolish a skyscraper building? Just one day. You just demolish the foundation and the whole thing will collapse onto itself. Destroyed in just a matter of minutes. That's what adultery does. It can destroy a lifetime of marriage. This is why Yahuwah wants us to protect and to build our marriage. So what is one way by which we can protect our marriage? Let's read in the book of Ephesians 5, 21, 23 to 24, and further, uh, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. For a husband is the head of his wife, as Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior of his body, the church, as the church submits to Christ, so you wives also should submit to your husbands in everything. How can we protect the marriage relationship? By making Yahushua the Christ the center of our marriage to give reverence for him. You see, when it comes to marriage, the center should not be the husband. The center should not be the wife. Who should be the center of our marriage? It must be Yahushua the Christ. Our marriage ought to give reverence to our King Yahushua. You see, that's the foundation of marriage. Without the foundation, we cannot build a strong marriage. It begins with the foundation. It begins with our King Yahushua. Now, one might ask, well, how can we make Yahushua the center of our marriage? How can we give reverence for Christ? The Bible says, submit to one another. Do you know what submission entails? It entails humility. You see, what Apostle Paul is telling us is this. We need to be humble, like Christ was humble. I mean, can you think about Yahushua? You know, when he was here on earth, he was given authority over heaven and earth. Yet he humbled himself, and he became a servant. And so what Yahushua is teaching us is that we ought to humble ourselves and become a servant for the sake of the marriage. This is how we give reverence to our king. It's called mutual Submission. And how does this look like on the part of the wives? Bible says, submit to your husbands in everything. Now, what does that mean? We need to submit to the authority of the husband as the decision maker in the household. Does it mean that whatever the husband wishes, that is what's going to happen in the household? 
like he's some kind of dictator. That's not the meaning of the Apostle Paul, because it, it mentions submit to one another. Yes, he makes the final decision. But before making that final decision, they talk about it. They consult with each other and they entertain and consider each other's opinions and values and talk about what needs to be done for the household. And so that's what it means for the wife to submit to the husband. What does it mean for the husband to submit to the wife? It means to submit to her needs, to be sensitive to the different needs of the wife, because the wife is often sensitive, right? You might be saying, oh, my husband's also sensitive. That's true too. But for the most part, when it comes to sensitivity, we know the wife is probably more sensitive than the husband. Now, this probably is not 100% accurate, no households. But the point is, for the husband to submit to the wife, it does not mean you submit your authority as head of the household. It means you consider the feelings, the emotions, the needs of your wife. That's mutual submission. It looks like this. Wife submit to the authority of the husbands. The husband submits to the needs of the wife. That's how we can become a servant in the marriage. And so we practice reverence for our king, Yahushua. How also can we protect and grow our marriage? Let's read Ephesians 5, verse 25. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave his life for it. What also is needed so that our marriage will not only be protected, it will grow. Instead, we need to practice true love. Do you know what true love is? It is the love that was expressed and demonstrated by our king himself. Who is that? Yahushua. Bible says we need to practice true love. And that love was given to us as a good example by Christ himself. What are two aspects of the love that Yahushua gave to us? Two things we need to understand. Number one, it was sacrificial. He did not simply die. He endured so much pain and suffering for the sake of our salvation. That's number one. What's number two? Our King Yahushua gave sacrificially his life even when we did not deserve it, right? This is why when it comes to practicing true love, it has to be sacrificial. We must be willing to lose something for the benefit and the sake of our spouse. And we must do it even if, in our estimation, our spouse doesn't deserve it. That's the practice of sacrificial love. That kind of love is redeeming. That kind of love is protective. That kind of love will lead to growth. What kind of growth? How can sacrificial love, action that we take for the benefit of the spouse, how can that lead to the growth of the marriage? What is one manifestation of true love? Let's read what it says in the book of Ephesians 5, 28 to 29. So husbands are also ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his own wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ also does the church. 
what also is a manifestation of true love when we take the time to nourish and to cherish one another. You see, this is what marriages ought to be doing because when we take the time and make the effort to nourish one another, to cherish one another, it makes the marriage grow. When the marriage is growing, it's not susceptible to adultery, to temptation. You know who the people are who are most susceptible to adultery, to temptation? It's the marriages where the husband and wife, they don't grow. Instead, they kind of drift apart, right, slowly. And they're not doing things together anymore. It's like they're only under one roof as roommates, and they don't develop that intimacy. You see, when a marriage is drifting apart, they become bored with each other. And guess what happens next? Just like what Brother Paul said, they go to that Facebook or the social media, and voila, what do you find? You find opportunities for infidelity. This is why what we need to do to protect our marriage is to grow the marriage. When we are, when our marriage is growing, when it is being enriched, we protect it from infidelity. So how can we nourish and cherish one another? What we need to do is practice positive interactions with each other, not negative interactions. I mean, negative interactions do not build a marriage, but positive interactions do. What do you mean by positive interactions? Little simple things like saying, I love you. I miss you. I hope to see you tonight. I hope we can talk about this. Little things that we can do together that show that we want to be in each other's company. As a matter of fact, do you know what one of the best ways to spell love is? What's one of the best ways to spell love? Anyone here know? Yeah, letter T-I-M-E. Because when you truly love one another, you want to spend time with the someone that you love. And so why not set apart some time throughout the day, throughout the week, so that you and your spouse can do things together. Maybe walk in the park or go to Walmart, shop together, or maybe eat in the restaurant every once in a while, or maybe go on a picnic, or maybe go fishing, or maybe watch a show together and then talk about the show, right? And so when we share our life with our spouse, we become enriched, we become nourished, we strengthen each other's personhood instead of breaking them down. You know what studies have revealed? Studies have shown that for every one negative interaction, you need to have five positive interactions to nullify the destructive effect of one negative interaction. This is why we need to enrich our spousal relationship with positive interactions. However, what is something that will truly nourish, cherish, and strengthen our marriage. Let's read the book of Galatians 5, 16, 22 to 23. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. 
but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. What will truly nourish and strengthen our marital relationship? The fruit of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Imagine, as I read these different types of manifestations of the Holy Spirit in our lives, consider your relationship, consider your home, consider your family. Imagine what your family, imagine what your marriage will look like. If in your interaction with one another, what you see are manifestations of love. If there's joy in your household, if there's peace, if there's patience, if there's kindness, if there's goodness, if there's faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, what do you think will happen to the marriage? Will it be prone to adultery? No. What will happen to the marriage? It will grow. It will be strengthened. Can you imagine if everyone in the family were to be guided by the power of the Holy Spirit? You will not just have a fruit of the Holy Spirit. You have a garden of the Holy Spirit's manifestation in your household. Wouldn't that be nice? I mean, how does that look like? A garden of the fruit of the Holy Spirit in your house. That's better than a skyscraper. But for this to take place, we cannot rely on our own strength. Because this is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. This is not the fruit of human power. This is not the fruit of human capability. It's the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Take away the Holy Spirit. We don't have this. Take away the Holy Spirit. What do you have? You have anger, wrath, jealousy, bickering, right? We need to rely on the Holy Spirit in our life. That's the key to build and strengthen our marriage. You might say, well, how can I have the Holy Spirit? Yahushua. You see, brothers and sisters, every day, every day, invite Yahushua to dwell in our hearts. Before you start the day, why not spend some time with your king at his feet? Because he's ready to help us. Because when our king Yahushua is in our heart, what does that mean? We have the spirit in our heart. And what comes from our heart are manifestations of that gift. And so even if there are many temptations, even if there are many tribulations, when our heart is filled with Yahushua, when it is hard-pressed, it releases the fruit of the Spirit. This is what we need because we live in difficult times. But for people who have Yahushua in their hearts, difficult times cause them to emit the manifestation of the Holy Spirit expressed in their life. And this will only serve to strengthen the marital relationship. And this is what Yahuwah wants. When he tells us, do not commit adultery, at the same time he's telling us, this is what I expect from you. He wants to see the fruits of the Holy Spirit in our homes, in our relationship with one another. And so before we pray today, what should we ask humbly? From our Abba, from our Father, 
concerning our home, concerning our family. Let's read the final passage of our studies today, the book of Psalm 127, verse 1. Unless Yahuwah builds a house, the work of the builders is wasted. Unless Yahuwah protects a city, guarding it with sentries will do no good. What should we humbly implore Yahuwah Abba to do? So that we who belong to the assembly of Yahusha, we, our spouse and our children, will grow together in the power of the Holy Spirit. Let us ask Abba that he helps us build our home, our house. Why must we seek the help of Yahuwah? Because only he can protect us and build a home that will be strong, that will survive, that will thrive. If we build without the help of Yahuwah, our house will be flimsy, our home will be easily destroyed. Why do we always need to ask Yahuwah to help us build a home? Because as human beings, we are faulty. We make mistakes. We are far from perfect. In every marriage, there will be times when we err. There will be times when we fall down. There will be times when we will fail our spouse, our children, our parents. It happens to the best of us. But during these difficult times, when there are mistakes made, when there are words that are said, that are later regretted, that's when we need Yahuwah to help repair, to help restore. It can be done. This is our advantage because we are the people of Allahim. We have him on our side. And if we will ask him to help us, he will help us. Yes, there may be times when we may be on the brink of collapsing. But Yahuwah has the power to redeem, to sustain, to strengthen. Let us go to him and ask Yahuwah, Father, help us to build our home. Help us to build our house. Because without you, there's only so much that we can do. If Yahuwah builds a house, brothers and sisters, we will thrive. And we will find joy when we live with one another. What also must we ask our father, Yahuwah? Let us ask Yahuwah to protect us. Because there are so many forces out there that seek to destroy our home. The adversary of our faith, he knows if he is able to succeed in destroying our home, our marital relationship, it would mean utter misery and suffering in our life. That's what he wants. We can protect ourselves as best as we can. But unless Yahuwah is the one who protects us, there's nothing we can do. We need the help of Yahuwah. Even if the members of our home, the members of our family may be in different places. Maybe our children are no longer within us. In our home, why not ask Yahuwah, Father, please bless my children. They're far away from me. But wherever they are, I know that you can always protect them. Please bless my parents who may be getting older. Wherever you are, you can protect them. Let us ask Yahuwah to protect us, to shield our home, because there's so many things happening in the world that seek to break human beings. But Yahuwah, our shield, Yahuwah, our shelter, Yahuwah, our protector, nothing and no one can touch us. 
Ask Abba every day, Father, please protect my children, protect my family, protect us from the evil one, protect us from wickedness. And let Yahuwah help us to build our home. And soon we will be ready to receive the promised life everlasting. Let us stand and we shall pray together. Father in heaven, gracious and almighty Yahuwah, you are our protector. You are our shelter. You are the source of our joy. Without you, there's only darkness. Without you, there's only pain and suffering. Thank you, loving Abba, for being concerned about our life. You have given us these commandments to serve as our guide because you want your people to have joy even in this life. These are the purposes of the commandments. When we only take the time to meditate upon them, it will show us your heart filled with compassion, filled with love. Father, we ask and beg of you now, may you look upon your people, the husbands, the wives who are here, when they first made their vows to each other, they had the greatest of dreams, but reality often destroys our vision. When we as human beings make mistakes, when we do things that we know is against your will, there is destruction, there is sadness and sorrow. Loving Abba, we turn to you at this hour. Consider what we have done. If we deserve to be punished by you, we accept your discipline. But we also know, loving Abba, you are a compassionate father. You are willing to repair, to restore even broken relationships by the power of your Holy Spirit. May you heal our relationships. May you heal our wounds. Nothing from human wisdom can do this. Only your spirit, loving Abba, have mercy upon us. Bless every home. Bless every household that they will grow and thrive in their marriage. Bless our children. We know, Father, the purpose for why you have given us marriage so that we can raise godly offspring. Loving Father, wherever they are, be with them, that they will make the right decisions in life. Protect them, O oh loving Father. Keep them away from wickedness. May they continue to follow your ways, to live by faith, and to love you more than anyone and anything. Bless our parents, O oh Father, wherever they may be. Continue to be with them and heal them, especially bless them with happiness and joy in the twilight of their years. Now working Yahusha, you are our mediator to the Father, but you are also our high priest. You invite us to approach you, to receive mercy and grace. This is precisely what we need in our homes so that we can bear the fruits of the spirit. Loving Mashiach, May you dwell in our hearts. 
Help us to stand firm and to produce the fruit of your spirit. Please bless every home, every family. Be with us, especially during hard times. May the tribulations of life only cause us to be stronger, more faithful to you and the Father. Father, thank you so much for listening to our prayers, for blessing your people throughout the world. We ask and beg everything in the name of our Lord and Savior, Yahushua HaMashiach. Amen.